there must be a better way. There must be a better way to describe things, to arrange words, and a new way to use words to take you to a place beyond words. There must be. I'm back, Forrest is here, Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because Real Church Matters, because Real Church Matters, hope you guys are doing well, Happy New Year, Season 5, as you know, New Year, New Music, hope you like it, uh, wanted to start the year off kind of given some of the, the goals and the things that I have in mind for 2021. But before we get there, housekeeping, I want to say thank you to everybody that's been sharing the podcast. Uh, if you've gotten a text or a message showing my gratitude and my thanks, I mean it. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, RealChurchMatters.com is the place you can go if you haven't been sharing it and you're like, you know what? I want to share it. Then come on. Let's do that. RealChurchMatters.com. You can direct people there. And then from there, they can either click to listen to it on the site, actually, using the Anchor app. Or they can go to Spotify or they can go to iTunes. Uh, podcast app so um, yeah do that I appreciate everybody appreciate those that give uh, special appreciation to those that continue to give um, man I'm just super grateful and appreciative and excited about what we're doing next um, with that being said you know it must be said it's important to be said that it's obedience over audience. Do you believe that? I hope you believe it. For me, it's important. It's always obedience over audience. Obedience over audience. <laughs> yeah, I got to I dropped a drop in there now. Let me try to do it one more time. Obedience over audience. Obedience over audience. Um so with that being said, let's get to it, man. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to do is just list out a couple things that are my on my heart and are my focus this year. Uh, the first being trying to find ways to serve God in a self-serving church culture. And uh, I, I wanted to qualify this and give some insight to it. It's the toughest thing in the world to try to um, share the word in a way that doesn't seem to be self-serving, even to others, but more importantly, and especially to myself. Um, as I shared in a podcast before, I, I might go excessively with that, but I'm always navigating that. And 
I'm, I'm sharing these things uh, more importantly because I want you guys to be prayerful as to how I navigate that using wisdom. Uh, I do want to make the podcast more accessible. I do want to make it available to people. I do want people to find it to be something that they find worthwhile and listen to. But I, in the midst of that, I want to be an example to all, all of the people out here who are caught up more into who's listening, the number of listeners, even at churches right now, than the actual message. And uh, hold me accountable to that. Uh, you know, encourage me to that. Um, to live out what I'm saying, which is obedience over audience, because we live in a culture and I'm not, and I'm not talking about world culture. I'm talking about church culture. We live in a church culture where it's about brands and money. And every church uh, struggles with it. They'd be lying if they said they weren't the small churches, even more so than the big churches constantly jockeying and trying to weigh in their hearts how they can be more popular or be uh, more attended or be more listened to. And it's a, it's a tough thing. And and I know it wasn't even an easy thing for Jesus back in his time, uh, looking at the situations where he's, you know, telling everybody, come unto me, all ye that are hungry and heavy laden. And then, tell a bunch of people that they don't want anything but the bread. It's like it can be a a very uh, seemingly contradicting thing for even those times or even now where I'm saying, hey, I want to amplify the signal. I want people to listen. But I'm also saying obedience over audience and not catering to people. It's a it's a dangerous not a dangerous, uh, well, in some ways dangerous, but it's a tricky balance to to try to enact. And so I'm trying to do that in a culture, a church culture that is self-serving, that is constantly making it about them, that is constantly about look at me. You know, I, I mean, I look at people and they put like, um, like captions that will be about God, but it's just a picture of them. And it's like, you know, we live in a world where we have to do better in making it about God and doing everything we can to make it about God. And that might mean that you lose listeners. That might mean that you are more in the background. That might mean that you aren't uh, as popular. But I feel like the mission is just to get the word out. And so that's one of my goals to continue to do in 2021 is to continue to serve God in the self-serving church culture. Number two was I'm trying to find ways to not be seen or heard, but at the same time being seen and heard. And to give you an example of this, during the beginning of the COVID, I tried to do the Instagram. So I wanted to have conversations And I wanted to have them in a safe way. And I was like, let's use this social media. And there's no way to use social media without it being an emphasis on social. And that means that there's a lot of engagements. And sometimes they're not the engagements where you can kind of control or manage what is being said, how it's being said. 
um, because it's not just you talking. Even when I was just talking, it was just like commenters constantly saying things. And it's like, I can't even disagree with everything. It's happening so fast. It's like you can't actually be the gatekeeper of the information because you open the gates when you deal with social media. Um, and that goes with every respect. It's like the weird thing of wanting Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey to police what is being said on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram because it's something that you don't care for, particularly like it's a tricky place because I don't want to censor people. I want them to have conversations, but it's like you got to have some type of control over the discourse. If you, if you let something slide and you don't say address something then it could be seen as you agree with it. <laughs> and it was just a lot of that. And I'm like, man, I want to, I, I don't, it's not like I don't want to show my face. It's not like I don't want to talk with people. It's just, how can I do this in a way that, that I, I'm managing what is being seen and what is being heard to the best of my abilities. I don't know the answers to that, but I do know I want God to be seen and I want God to be heard. And that includes me being seen and me being heard. And how to navigate that is tricky. So just something they ought to pray for. For those of you who are listeners um, and appreciate what is being shared, understand it's being shared from a very uh, broken person, a very imperfect person. And, you know, as I go into the year, I'm just being reflective and asking those who listen to encourage and pray for me in those regards. Um, prayer is a tricky thing. A lot of times people feel like they can't effectively pray for you if you ain't telling them what to pray for or telling them about your issues. And most times people ain't praying for you unless they they see something that deems to be something that needs to be prayed pray for. If you're going to pray for me, you should always be praying for my strength physically, spiritually, emotionally, and my wisdom in God. And these things are just more specific to those bigger macro things. But please, by all means, help me help you. Help me to stay focused. Help me to draw from the right well so I'm given the right water. So uh, what's the third thing I have here? Trying to find ways to perform God's works without being performative. <laughs> now, that's the tricky thing, too, because as we do a podcast, there's a level of it that is that can be come off as performance. Um, speaking in front of people can come off as performance. I dealt with this even being a minister and preaching and have fallen prey to it many a times where. You don't know it until you get up there, but it's no different than being being on a choir or singing or being an artist or being a stand up comedian. The crowd really drives us. It really it gives us a comfort. And one of the things that I wanted to realize in myself is that to be more reactive to what the crowd is doing is to be less 
connected to what God is trying to say. And it's something I fight. And I'm sharing this also because it'll help other people who are dealing with navigating that in in their particular ministries or their particular uh, things that God has given them to do. And I try hard to know what needs to be seen, what needs to be heard. And then in this particular point, how to engage with the crowd. I, I got to go back to listen and, and reading more about how Jesus interacted with the crowd, how he dealt with them, how he navigated them. Because if I'm not paying attention to how I engage with the crowd, I can prioritize them over God. And it can be more audience than obedience. And so part of that is, I'm always trying to make sure I understand the difference between performing God's word and performing. I don't want to do performance. Once here's the other thing. Once you get into performing, you open yourself up to critique. And that's another thing that I noticed in churches and even with the podcast. There are so many people who have something to say about what I do, why I do it, and how I do it. And that's fine. But I just don't want to lend myself to to making people believe that is what we're looking for. When you perform, you are open to critique. You you see actors act in movies, those movies get premiered, those performances are reviewed. You go leave out the theater. People ask, what did you think of the movie? No one is more critical of movies than I am. No one watches them more than me. I come out of every movie with my own critical opinion. I'm very verbose about it. I go on and on what I like, what I didn't like. And I carry that right over into the church. As pastors would come finish Preaching, sometimes before they even finish, pastors, ministers, elders, deacons, even myself, after I was done, I would go back and listen to it and assess my performance, critique it. It's just what church is now, unfortunately. But it's one of the things that I can't stop people from doing that. But what I can do is not connect myself to the critiques by losing myself in performance. I'm not performing. So it's, it's just like if you was to leave work and somebody standing outside the door and say, yeah, I saw you uh, working today. I give that about a nine, nine and a half. And you like, who are you? Like you trying to figure out why is this person feel like it's their place to critique your work when they're not your supervisor, they're not your boss, you're not you're, they're not the owner, and you're they're not in charge of giving you an appraisal of your work. The only person that's in charge of giving us an appraisal of our work is God. I'm not performing. I'm performing His works, and He's going to. Judge me based on how I perform them. He's not going to base them on 
my grammar, my diction, my personality, my charisma, how charismatic I was, he's, he's how funny I was. All of these are things that run through your mind, even in a podcast. I'm like, man, did I say it? Was it too heavy? Did I say enough funny things? Was it funny? Was it offensive? I'm going over all this in my head. And I always am battling with that to just give the word. Just give the word because in 2021, that's what people are going to need. And some of you may say, well, Forrest, you should know these things. This should be commonplace to you. And I think that's one of the things I'm going to be doing a lot more in 2021 is overindulging in the act of reminding because it is in reminding that our mind stays where it should be. Our mind doesn't stay where it should be on its own merit. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It stays where it should be because we're constantly repositioning it. It's like if you put a baby in a seat, you sat that baby down, not in a high chair. You sat him in just on the couch that baby is not just going to sit there, especially as they get older. They're not just going to sit there. A two-year-old is not going to just sit there. You have to strap them down in a high chair. And even then, they find ways to get out. Our minds are that way. Our minds don't stay in the will of God. They need to constantly be repositioned back into that place. You might have had a great day today where you kept your thoughts at bay where you stay focused on the word and what you believe in or say you believe in. You might have had a great day, but you never know what tomorrow's going to hold. You cannot just assume that it's just set it and forget it. No, it's not. It's set it and reset it and reset it. Our spirits are renewed daily. They must be. I, th- I believe I said this in a podcast some time ago, but it's like uh, our driver's license. There's an expiration date to the work that you did, the testing, the, the time that you took. That time doesn't always remain for you. It comes to a point where you're going to have to make a decision. Hey, I'm going to be here and make myself stay here every single day. And I want to be a part of that. And I just want to be a a person that reminds people, reminds myself more, encourages and reminds people to remind me. And let's stop acting like weird about reminding people. Understanding that reminding people is part of our job, our job to exhort and encourage that involves saying things that have been said repeatedly. When you read the Bible, you are reading the Bible and it's a ton of people who are saying things to you repeatedly. They are not touching on things and then moving on. They're saying the same things over and over because it's pertinent. It's important. So that takes us to my next one, which is trying to find ways to promote critical thinking rather than critical speaking. Because you may hear me say, well, you don't want nobody to say nothing about what you what you uh, saying. Like, that's crazy. Like, we supposed to 
think and challenge. Yeah, you're supposed to think and challenge. And you're supposed to judge. You are not supposed to judge my performance. You're supposed to judge what is being said. You're supposed to weigh that. You're supposed to critically think about it. You are not supposed to be critically thinking and speaking about me and how I perform and how I say things or critically thinking and speaking about who I have on the show and why am I recording in a place where there's a helicopter that keeps flying over like it's Black Hawk Down for some ungodly reason. You don't, you, you just, you got to take what it is, what it is. At the end of the day, you, your job is to do one thing, which is critically think and speak about the scripture. You got a, a misunderstanding. You got something you don't agree with in the scriptures. You got something you don't agree with in, uh, in how I interpreted it or how it was given to me. I like to say how it was given to me. Um, because I, I don't feel like I'm at the point where I say wrong things. I feel like I'm at the point where I say right things the wrong way. And you, you can talk through those things with people. But uh, I feel like I spent enough time in prayer and in the word to know what is right and what is wrong. And hopefully you do, too. Um, but to gain clarity and to make sure we're saying things the right way, that discourse should happen. That's healthy. That is healthy. If you tell me you don't agree with something, that's why I want more people on the podcast to have conversations. If you don't agree with something, that's fine too. But in not agreeing with it, tell me what's right to you. I just have to have, a, I, we have to be clear in provoking people to, Discussion, that's one of my things too. We'll get to it. But I want people to be critical, but be critical thinkers, not critical speakers. Where we just constantly just saying what we don't like. And then when somebody tell you, well, why? You like, I don't know, it's just something about it. Oh, it's just something about him. Oh, it's just something about her. I can't put my finger on it. Keep your fingers off of it. Think critically about the word challenging the word that's fine god wants you to challenge it he feels like it can stand up to your scrutiny and it always has with me it always has stood up to the scrutiny let's take our minds there in 2021 don't worry this won't be the last time you're hearing it i'm going to be doing it more and more challenging you to think critically you're not thinking critically what are you doing it has to be that thing where you challenge yourself that i'm thinking critically let's see what else i have here because i don't want to be too long trying to find ways to provoke people to engage in conversation this is my last thing it's important and I, I recognized this flaw. I recognized it. I grew up and was nurtured and groomed in a church culture that invoked a certain way of teaching and engaging. It centers on people. It centers on people standing up in front of you. It centers on them talking at you. It's called a sermon. 
It's called preaching. We do it in many ways. But and I think that it is beneficial at times to just be as Paul was and stand in the middle of the courtyard or stand in the middle of of a city or town and just say what God has for you to say. That's very important. No more than a sermon on the mount. But for every sermon on the mount, there was a level of discourse that Jesus had with smaller groups, with people. What do you think he was doing when he was sitting with the prostitutes and the lawyers and the liars and the cheaters? He was sitting with them and having a discourse. What do you think he was doing at the well with the woman? What do you think he was doing with the disciples and many and countless of engagements, those that are documented and those that weren't over his three years in ministry? What do you think he was doing even on the cross with the two robbers or thieves? He was having discourse, conversations. I think there was too much emphasis on preaching, not just by the church, but by me because I was nurtured and raised and taught how to do this by the church is too much sermon and not enough discussion. Jesus went into the synagogues and had discourse with people, people who wanted to know and felt like they were right and wanted to challenge him in those things. You got to understand that even in that we we, we mix up the fact that Jesus was having discourse with the Jews or the Pharisees and Sadducees. I want you to understand that that's not the same as having discourse with the atheists and the Muslim because they are not believers of God. These were people who, quote, for all intents and purposes, until the day that Jesus arrived, were considered the Christians or the the people that followed God of the time. It wasn't until Jesus came and shifted everything, said, no, we're not doing that no more. Did he shifted their status as to who they were? And since they didn't want to move along with him, they became the people that needed to be corrected. But only because they were in God's. You look at the Paul and his engagement with the church. He's like, telling us to do things, but he's telling us to do these things to people who are professing to be Christian. Our discourse should be with those who say they believe in our God. Their profession puts them in a place where it is our mission to engage with them and have conversations. We got so many denominations, so many people who are in the quote unquote faith then we need to have serious discussions and conversations with. I cannot waste my time with a person who doesn't believe in God. That would be like talk trying to talk sports with someone who is not interested in it or doesn't hasn't even played it before. That would be like me sitting with somebody and talking about cricket. I, my understanding of cricket goes no further than what I've seen on TV. And what I've seen on TV didn't interest me, so I didn't pursue it any further. So having a conversation with me about it would be pointless. You're not going to convince me on something that I already saw and deemed it to be not worthy of my time. A lot of these people, they've already 
saw a certain level of Christianity, a certain level of belief and faith, and they move, they just move a certain way with it and they're not interested in it. Their heart has to be turned in order for them to actually receive what you have on your hook. I've only been fishing a couple times. But in fishing, I understand that I was supposed to have a certain bait to catch a certain type of fish. And Jesus was there to convert the the lost. And he put a certain type of bait on that hook. When he was reaching out to the lost, he wasn't in the synagogues debating and discoursing with them. When he was reaching out to those who were stubborn and didn't want to convert over from the old way to the new way, then he was putting a different bait on the hook and at length, allowing them to ask questions and things like that. I, all I'm saying is who are the Pharisees and Sadducees of our time? They're the people who are Christians, but stuck in the old ways of thinking. They are not moving with God. They're not growing with God. They are not seeing the truth in the old scripture that goes against the truth of their old culture. They're not willing to see that. It's our job to have conversations with them. I want to have more conversations with old and young. There are things that the old people have that is important because I know older people and I'm old myself now who have moved with God. And then there's older people who have not. And there's younger people who have moved with God. And there's younger people who have not, who have stayed staunch in their ways and in their understanding. I get that. But one thing I understand, those are people we need to have conversations with. Those are people I want to have conversations with. I don't want to waste time not having conversations in 2021, that's what I'll be doing. As, as much as God would permit, I will be making sure that I'm having somebody sitting with me or people sitting with me and talking with them. I don't want to talk at people this year. This is just me sharing my mindset and what, what will be going on starting second week. January. Happy New Year's guys. If anything, this was me just trying to appeal to your sensibilities to pray and what to be mindful to pray about for me. I love you all. Real church matters. It's not just a saying. Real church matters. The church that was defined in scripture, that was ordained by God, it matters. In order for it to look like it matters to us, we need to be the gatekeepers of it. People that protect the sanctity of it. With that being said, obedience over audience. Happy New Year. Talk soon.
Obe- o- 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 obedience over audience.